Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, starting at verse 44, you will find these words. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Uh, this, this day, I want to talk to you, saints of God, from our series of lessons on growing up day by day. Growing up day by day. You may be seated. Amen. And as a reminder from what we talked about on the first lesson of this series, I want to remind us that church is not where you go. It's who you are. Church is not where you go. It's who you are. When you get the definition of the church and the reality of what the church really is in perspective and correctly and accurately, then everything else will fall in place. The 500 piece jigsaw puzzle that you just couldn't seem to connect will start to connect and fitly and bring out that beautiful mosaic, that beautiful picture that you've been looking for once you realize that the church is not where you go but it's who you are. Uh, This subject of our lesson series of growing up day by day refers to the concept of spiritual maturity. People grow up physically, amen, as years go along. But just because you're growing up physically doesn't mean that you're growing spiritually. And the context and the emphasis is not on your physical growth, but on your spiritual growth. And you cannot grow unless you know. You can't do better until you know better. Amen. And so the Bible is here as a record of the knowledge of God that has been dispensed for our edification, our knowledge, so that we can grow. But I want to contend with you that growth is not just an academic exercise. You can't sit in the pews and listen to uh, the sermon and take some notes and then close your Bible and your notebook and then go your merry way. No, that which you have committed to your notes and to your mind, you have to exercise it in the world. What great weightlifter, what great Olympian can say that I won the Olympia, but I never went to the gym. It's not gonna happen. 
Because that Olympian, no matter how many steroids or no matter how many uh, whey protein drinks or casein drinks he drinks, he's got to exercise his muscle. He got the raw ingredients going in, but it does not complete until the muscle starts to move. You got to move your spiritual muscle in this life in order to grow. If you want to be a strong Christian, you got to get out there and do the Christian life. You got to live a life that God has commanded us. We talked about this morning in Sunday school how Jesus Christ gave us the ultimate commandment coming from the, uh, from the uh, gospel according to John chapter 15 which says, he says, now I give you a new commandment which is this, that you love one another as I have loved you. But you cannot love somebody unless you sacrifice. Well, we talked about how love is not found when everything is going fine. Love is found when you go through the difficulties of life, when you go through the challenges of life, the things that make you want to throw in the towel, think you want to pack up your bags and go. It's during those times when you stay with it and you continue to look beyond somebody's faults and see their need. That's when you love it. Loving operates in the laboratory of hurt. It happens when you're going through, when you're misunderstood, when you have been lied on, when you've been talked about, when folks have done that which you did not expect them to do and they have disappointed you. But yet you didn't quit on them, but you kept loving on them. Even though it hurt to keep moving, you kept on because you were what? Exercising your spiritual muscle. So we find growth in Christ day by day comes with a lifestyle of loving one another. Jesus Christ came with the commandment that we love one another. In the context, he was talking about the church. Now, of course, we ought to love those who are without as well. But if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you know that loving one another can get really hard. You don't have to go far, amen. You can read the news and you can talk to other Christians where churches have split and fallen out with one another, amen. But they're supposed to be followers of the Lord. There's been knockout, drag out fights among God's people. So that's why the Lord said judgment starts first at the household of faith. But if you can master loving church folks, you can master loving the world. Because church folks have an expectation, amen, that we usually don't measure up to. And so folks' feelings get hurt. Things happen. We're all invested in a particular thing and now somebody wants to go a divergent direction. Amen, we think they ought to be doing this, but they're doing that. We get our feelings hurt. Folks feel betrayed and folks feel like I can't trust you no more. But it's in those times when we learn how to love. It's in those times when we expose ourselves to one another, even in the potential of being hurt again, we do it anyway because we love one another. We love one another, which means that we look beyond one another's faults and we see the need. 
everyone in here from the pastor to the door, amen, needs Jesus. We all need him to continue to work in us, to conform it into his image because we cannot do it on our own. But as we discussed in the first lesson that we're going through a process called sanctification. And that process will not be completed until the glorification, until we meet the Lord in the air. We got some work to do while we're down here, amen. And that that work will continue through our entire lives. So because of that, we learn how to be, verse 44, together. See, we learn how to be together when we realize how God sees us. He sees us as incomplete work, but he's not through with us yet. He sees us as pots of clay that are marred and have, have, have imperfection on it. But he is the potter and we are the clay. He molds us and shapes us and makes us. And sometimes he has to break us. Sometimes the, the mar that we have is so bad that he has to crush us to real build us back up again. It's in the crushing throes of life that God uses circumstance, amen, to bring us closer to him. And it's in those times when circumstance appears to be somebody else's fault. But you need to realize that God is sovereign. And nothing can happen to you unless the Lord allows it to. You must always remember that all things work together for the good. For those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I'm just talking today about growing up day by day. Togetherness grows through working, worship, and witnessing together. Not apart. Not as long rangers, but together. Do you know how hard it is to get a bunch of folks together to do anything? It's hard enough, these families in here, we know how hard it is sometimes to just get family members together to eat together. More or less to do ministry together. But do you know that that's where you grow? See, it's easier sometimes to just do it yourself. You know what? I look. I'm tired of talking to these folk. I can't get them to do. Uh, I'm just gonna do it myself. Amen. And you do it, and things happen, but you didn't grow Amen. like you would have, because you grow through the rubbing and the and the scratching and the and the abrasiveness that happens when you're trying to get a bunch of people to go in the same direction. It's through that time of of compromising and and going left and going right and speeding up and slowing down and realizing how this person really is and how I really am. Seeing my weaknesses and their weaknesses, seeing their strengths and my strengths. And so we find a way to connect and work together. It's easy to say, but it's not easy to do. But you got to do it together. See, Jesus Christ died for the church. Not for just one individual, but the whole body of Christ. Because his whole idea was to build a body that was fitted together. Every member fitted uniquely in their position to carry out the mission 
of the master. Are y'all following me today? So we look at the text and the text talks about this idea of being in common. Sharing, sharing some things together. What are some of those things? Sharing the pursuit of holiness, praying for the same things, laughing and crying together. See, the idea of togetherness doesn't leave the scene. It's all about being together. There, there are times when together we pursue holiness. We, we see what one person is doing and we get encouragement from the other that we can go on a little bit longer. Sometimes we say, well, I can't do this no longer. But then we look at our brother and sister and we see what they're going through and we say to ourselves, if they can go through all that, I can go through my stuff. I thought I had a lot going on, but they got more than I do. And it encourages us to get back up, dust ourselves off, and keep on running. Because the race is not given to the swift nor the strong, but they that endure till the end shall be saved. Amen. And so we look at the text and we find that we work together to grow in holiness, to become more like Christ. But we also learn how to pray for the same things. We, we learn that there's a reason why God has put this congregation together and that congregation together. And there's a reason and there's a unity in why we're together and we learn how to pray together for the same things. We have unique things for New Zion to be praying for, which also has for Connection Point to be praying for, uniqueness, but then we have universal prayer for the whole church. There are things that connect all the local assemblies together, but it's coming out of being together. You're not growing day by day unless you're being together with the saints. God, for whatever reason, he made it that way. And you can try to do it another way if you want to, but all you'll do is stunt your growth. Looking at the text and looking at this idea of in common, uh, we also want to be able to laugh together. We, we want to have joyous times when we can laugh together and, and, and shed some tears of joy for some great things that are going on and some funny things that are happening. But even in that, we got to do it together. You laughing over there and, and I'm over here and we never have anything in common that we share. That's not growing. Well, it's growing, but it's growing apart, not growing together. But, but see, it's growing day by day. It's growing together and growing up in spiritual maturity. And sometimes we need to cry together. Amen. There are some times when one of us is going to be going through one loss or another that we need to say, you know what? I'm going over and I'm going to talk with them and I'm gonna, I wanna listen to what they've got to say. Amen. Even if what they got to say is gonna break my heart. Even if what they got to say is gonna cause me to have sadness and cry a little while. Because that's part of growing. Growing is sacrifice. And sacrificing is love when you're sacrificing for one who is going through. Amen. When you can come together and say, you know, uh, such and such lost their husband or their wife or, you know, brother or sister or mother or father. I, I don't know exactly what to say, 
But I know I can just go there and be with them. Maybe I just come to just hear what they might have to say. And it might be difficult. The, the, the mood of the environment may be low. But that's your calling. Because you're there to shine some light. Amen. And maybe, just maybe, you can lift some spirits. Amen. So it's just not laughing together, but it's also crying together if we want to grow day by day. See, this Christian walk is not a big time, one time event that happens once a year. No, it happens in the throes of everyday life. It happens in our houses. It happens in our families. It happens within the church congregation. It happens in the marketplace. It happens outside the walls of this local assembly and structure. It happens on a day-to-day basis. It happens with the ups and downs of everyday life. It happens with the successes and the disappointments. It happens with what we call failures and success. It is every day that we grow. It is every day that we grow when we get home and maybe our children comes and tells us something that we weren't expecting to hear. And it was so devastating, it caused us to turn around and around. But it is in those times that we call upon the name of the Lord to give us strength so that we find out that God can bring us through even the worst of news, that God can lift us up even after we have fallen all the way down. Amen. And finally, uh, one didn't want to hold you too long, too long today because we've got more service to go. But amen, on verse, verse 45, let's look at that verse closely. And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need need uh, in the new King James version amen the words possessions and goods could be translated proceeds proceeds the profit that which comes after the sale minus the expenses the profits the proceeds I bring this up because sometimes we misinterpret this text. Sometimes we treat it as if folks were going into debt to make sure others were taken care of. If you really think about that for a minute, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But in this text, it's talking about proceeds. It's talking about the Profits after the expenses have been paid. Because the Bible teaches, amen, in 2 Corinthians, amen, it teaches of this idea of they that have much give to they that have little, that everyone be in equality. That idea is not that you go into debt in order to help somebody else. No, you take your access to those who in need so that everybody be at equality. It's not about going into debt. It's about taking the, what? Proceeds. But the problem occurs when we don't want to give the proceeds either. The problem comes when we don't want to 
that extra. We want to hoard that and hold that to ourselves as well. And that's why the tithe is such a beautiful mechanism. Because God fixes this thing right out the gate. That 100% of what you have is only 90% of what you get. I'll say that again. 100% of what you have is only 90% of what you get. Because the 10% is the Lord's. So right out the gate, we all start with proceeds. Huh? And the Lord is saying, now I'm going to trust you with some proceeds and let's see what you do with them. He says in Malachi 3 and 10, he says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there might be meat in my house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord, that if I would not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there not be room enough to receive it. Now listen at that. He says, bring that to me which is already mine. Bring me those proceeds that are beyond your profit. I mean, bring that profit right there. Bring that to me and I'll show you that I can bless you more than you can give. Give and it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. See, I'm glad that he said give and it shall be given. Because it can be replaced by anything. If you, if you need help, if you need strength, then help somebody who's sick. Give them care and watch the Lord give you care. If you're short on finances, give finances and see if the Lord doesn't give above and beyond what you gave out unto you. Because he said this, this is not my word, this is his word. In Luke chapter 6, the Lord said give and it shall be given. Now either the Lord is true or the Lord is a liar. But then if the Lord is a liar, then he ain't the Lord at all. So we have to, in growing day by day, we got to flex these muscles. One of those flexing is trusting the Lord in our giving. Whether it's giving in time, material, or finance. Whether it's giving in adoration or giving in encouragement. Whatever we're giving, amen, we got to trust the Lord. If you need encouragement, give encouragement. And see if the Lord won't send some encouragement your way. Amen. He said, test me now herewith, saith the Lord. See, the Lord is saying, you don't have to go waiting a whole long time. You do what I say do, and then test me on this. That I will not bless you above and beyond what you thought you were able to receive. Matter of fact, he blesses you beyond what you're able to receive. And in this country today, even with all of our problems, some of the poorest of our communities, amen, may not be completely destitute, but some of the poor that would be under what's called the poverty line still has excess. They still have clothing that they haven't worn in a long time, shoes that they haven't put on. They've got multiple TVs and cell phones, and they're under the poverty line. But there's excess, amen, everywhere. But as I close on this message today, I want to ask a question. I've already alluded to it, but I'm going to ask the question again anywhere. Where did the excess come from? Where did the excess come from? Well, Jesus Christ helps us 
In John chapter 15, verse 5, he helps us when he says, without me, you can do nothing. So we start at zero until Jesus steps in. So anything that we have or ever will have, the Lord has to give it. And if the Lord is the one who gives us the access so that we can use the access to help somebody else, don't you think that same Lord has the power and the wealth and the uh, resources in order to give back to you what you have given and more so that you can bless all the more while taking care of your needs and some of your wants? Amen. Amen. But you got to flex the muscle. You got to exercise your spiritual maturity. You got to trust God in season and out of season. You got to trust him today. And saints of God, as I close this message, I begin to think about the one who's the epitome of giving. I begin to think about the one who prayed all night long in the garden of Gethsemane for you and for me. I'm reminded that Roman soldiers took this one who gave more than anyone else to six kangaroo courts. They took him to the court of Annas, then to the court of Caiaphas, and then to the court of the Sanhedrin, and then to Pilate. From Pilate to Herod, and from Herod back to Pilate. They whipped him all night long, but he didn't stop giving. He could have called a legion of angels and came down and destroyed all mankind. But he didn't stop giving. And after they whipped him all night long, they marched him down the Via Della Rosa, the road of red. But he didn't stop giving. So saints of God, when you're going down your street of disappointment and despair, look no further than Jesus because he didn't stop giving. Saints of God, they marched him outside the walls of Jerusalem, Deacon Johnson, to a place called Gargoth's Hill. I want you to know today that that wasn't the Marriott, it wasn't the Doubletree, but it was a place of death and anguish. It was a place of pain. You could look out on that hill and see skulls of men and women who had died. It was a terrible place to be. But even there, he didn't stop giving. I want you to know that Jesus Christ, even in the lowest 
of the lowest times. He didn't stop giving. So don't forget to remember Jesus when you're going through your low time. And don't stop giving. It may be hard. You may say what's the use. <laughs> but don't stop giving. Can you imagine the disciples even though they heard that he would rise from the grave had some doubts about how this was going to all work out. Think about your master, your heavenly savior. He's been beat so bad that he's unrecognizable. He didn't even have the strength to carry his own cross. But they had to get a brother to get the cross and carry it for him. But that was the physical cross. But there was a cross that was for you and for me. That when they got him out on that old rugged hill, they put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. And he died for you and for me. He died the death that we deserve to die. But his death resulted in life and instead of death for you and for me because he didn't stop giving but that's not the end of the story because Jesus exhibited faith in his father that he knew that even though he died on that old rugged cross that Friday evening that his father on Sunday morning was going to raise him from the dead and I want to tell you today, saints, when you're on your cross and folks are persecuting you and saying all manners of evil and you want to throw in the towel, don't stop giving. When folks you thought was going to be in your corner has somehow disappeared, don't stop giving. There was only one disciple and his mother at the cross John and Mary. All the other disciples were running here and running there. But Jesus didn't stop giving. So when folks abandon you, don't give up your faith, but keep on giving. And trust that the Lord is going to see you through. Because your Sunday is on the way. Because after a three-day layover, God raised him up with all power in his hand. All power to continue to heal the sick and to raise the dead, to give sight to the blind, to give speech to the dumb, to give hearing to those who were dead. He stayed for a 40-day layover and then stepped out on a cloud and went back to glory. And one of these days, he's coming back for you and for me a spot without blemish and will you be ready on that day growing spiritual day by day God keep you is my prayer on today amen amen at this time amen praise the Lord the doors of the church are opened amen there may be somebody here today that wants to give their life to Christ, 
There may be somebody here today that says, well, I already have given my life to Christ, but I know I've fallen short and I want to rededicate my life to the Lord in 2019. I want to be better than I was in 2018. I want to get on board and I want to work for the Lord. Uh, that time is now. You can come. Amen. Somebody right needs special prayer today. Amen. There's some, some mountains that you feel like you can't tunnel through. Amen. But we know that God specializes in things that are impossible. And he can do what no other power can do. Amen. Amen. Come unto Whoa. 